Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Producer Grind Podcast. Carrington with me. JB with me. What's JB good? filling in for Sims. Jay Bizzle. And we got a special guest in the building here today. Uh, bros work with Chief Keith, Lucci, Ray Swimmer, Mac Miller, Ross, Trippy Red, Meek Mill, Dirk, T Grizz, G Herbo. Please welcome Chop Squad DJ. Yo, yo, you dig what I'm saying? We in the building with y'all own. Let's go with you, bro, man. Appreciate you pulling up. Hell yeah, y'all family, man, you know? Already, bro. We was chopping it up earlier. You know, everybody pretty much already knows. Pretty much everybody already knows who you are. But I wanted to just keep on going with that discussion that we were talking about a little bit earlier um, about Loops and Me. We've seen you've been real, like, vocal on Instagram. I mean, you've been giving back to the producer community and whatnot. Just um, just what's, what's been, like, what's motivated you to do all that? Originally, my motivation for, like, um, helping producers was uh, simply seeing a lack of knowledge, seeing the same implementation of every technique and strategy over and over again, like the same couple of them. Mm -hmm. Like everybody got their go-to plugins, go-to everything. And it's like, it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing for every, like everything. So it's like, you got gross beat, bro. Like I'm tired of hearing that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like I'm tired of hearing, you got atmosphere, bro. Like I'm tired of hearing that. Like I'm starting to teach people like, you know, there's places where these companies get these sounds from, right? They're not making these sounds. You know that, right? Like, they grabbing sounds and rebranding them as something else. You know what I'm saying? So I feel, why not take advantage of my own brand and just give out material straight from the source instead of using a third party, mm-hmm. you know? And on top of that, the quality of what I've been hearing is, is like, it's almost making you feel like music, well, our music, which is hip-hop and R&B, like, the hip-hop genre is stagnant because the retention rate for music is so slow, so, like, low, it's like, a project will come out on Tuesday, and by Friday, it's over. It's like we, it's old. Mm-hmm. You, you ask somebody, "Have you heard that new so and so?" They be like, "I've been heard that. That's old." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about two weeks done passed since the project came out. Mm-hmm. So the retention rate on music is different now. So um, I feel like if we can give people more higher quality of music, that the retention rate will um, will stay, will become longer. So and my implementation of that has been like the Trippy Red song Topanga. Um, so Topanga is basically Trippy Red single, but close not to year 18. And I used a gospel sample and made an entire beat around uh, a phrase, you know what I'm saying? But kept the aesthetics of the beat based around the vibe of the sample. So if it's a gospel sample, I made like a, a kind of like a upbeat, kind of more happy type vibe to the beat, just complement the sample to almost sound like I'm, I remade an instrumental to a gospel beat and then threw the sample in there. Mm. But with, with like our modern drums, you know? So in saying all that, I I feel like I need to bring a higher quality to like what we're doing. And, and like, cause people are so used to just creating like an instrument track and then making one VST, uh, an instrument and bouncing it as a loop. Well, when I create an entire musical phrase and then all you gotta do is add your drums, you know what I'm saying? Hold on, real quick, deposit. You said a musical phrase. What do you mean musical by a musical phrase? phrase? So it'd be like a, a cluster of instruments all together in one pattern. It's like, but it wouldn't be the entire part. So it's like only the instruments, no drums. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it'd be like maybe a, a four to eight bar loop. You know what I'm saying? So if you got, like how I look at music is, um, <clears throat> I, I, I've i showed people how to do this, but I use something called the block pattern formation, which is something I made, which is what I learned from using. Like I've been using Fruit Loop since 2000 and 2008, okay? So I think Fruit Loop's four. So um, when I first used Fruit Loops, it wasn't a playlist where like 
you can oh, the legacy blocks. Yeah, I was using legacy blocks basically, and they since then they've removed the option for legacy blocks. But I still approach my creation method in that same format, you know, which is the block pattern formation. So basically, I make the whole beat in one pattern, mm-hmm. copy that pattern six times, and create each pattern as a phrase. Now, so phrase for so the first one would be phrase one, which would be like the intro, which would be only the in, the instruments for the intro. Two would be the second part of the intro. Three would be the hook. Four would be the, the top part of the hook. Five would be the first part of the verse. And second part would be the retention of the verse. So that's almost like almost like NPC sequence style. Yeah, it's sequence style. It's, yeah. But in in Dodge, you would have to call it block pattern formation because naturally that's how that's how um you make beats in NPC. But to bring it over into a physical representation without using because you know you got literally the word sequence just it and you're just making beats in an NPC. But since you have a physical representation using actual graphics and the GUI, you can kind of arrange it a little easier without having to really depend on your mental like stability to be like, okay, arrange it in your head. Instead, mm-hmm. you just in your you face. Some visual it's literally see. a block in your face mm-hmm. and you making beats inside that block, you know? So I call it block pattern yes. formation. So mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was the whole reason for me creating loops and stuff was just to, not to entertain the producer community, but to really like enhance to put like the quality of the mm-hmm. work that's going around in the producer community because I understand that if you don't got somebody trying to push for that, it's not going to happen. Like, you need a group of people, like, to really, because who getting tired of three notes being used at each beat? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who getting tired of the same drums? Who getting, t- I'm tired of hearing these drums. I'm tired of hearing beats that's just like no instruments. It's just boom, boom. I guess I don't get tired of, oh, it's the same thing. I just, I guess, like, if it's dope, it's dope. Like, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. I can see what you're talking about. You craving something like, no. Oh, I'm and not even craving. I'm looking for the advancement as of, long the, as of the culture. There. Yeah. So like the problem is, I right, honestly, people just taking vibes. Like somebody with a little bit more clout or hear somebody with a little less clout and take whatever they use and, and implement it into their situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's happening that's so many times. The artist side and the producer side, would you say? For that? sure. Because yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. When I started making beats, it's it's four, it's three producers making beats with just like a piano and like simple, you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean like simple drums or, I mean like the selection of instruments is simple, but the arrangement was complicated. And you talking about like Zaytoven, Cassius, Willow Fool, you know what I'm saying? In London, you know, that was it. And this is before any of them really had their run, but Zay and maybe Willow Fool was on the middle of a run, like trying to just get around, you know? So, as you know, it's not a lot of producers that's depending on actual instrumentation and sound design. They're all just depending on a plug-in or a swing or or We're going a, off a vibe that already exists. A gimmick. Mm-hmm. Just to put it, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to be gimmicky. It's okay to be yourself, you know what I'm saying? So, what you don't know is that all these gimmicky stages and phrases that we're going through is temporary. It, it, it looks like it's going to be here all day, but... Think about the artists that we was listening to last year that's not here no more. Think about two years ago, it's the whole different music scene. You know what I'm saying? Two years ago, it feel like it was yesterday, but in reality, it was a whole different scene of music. Like, for real. Mm. Like, now it's like music is getting simpler and simpler and simpler, and you would think that the simpler the music to become, well, the instrumentation, the more complex the ideas and concepts would be. But as the music is getting simplified, so are the concepts and ideas. More repetitive, more catchy, which I get that. It's a it's an active formula that everyone uses. But the problem is, 
how do you where well, the problem is everyone's repeating the formula instead of taking the formula and first of all let me put some vocabulary on y'all today okay <laughs> do y'all know what the word initiative means mm-hmm. you know what the word initiative means mm-hmm. so for the people who, know, who don't understand initiative means to basically do it without being told okay you got to take the initiative okay to take something that already exists and make it your own the mm-hmm. definition of that is innovation okay I just described to you innovation. You have to become an innovator. You have to take something that already exists and make it better, okay? I'm going to give you an example. The iPod wasn't the first MP3 player, but it was the first successful one that was worldwide. You know why? You took an existing format that already existed, the MP3 player, and put it in a different form factor that's called innovation. So you can take that same thing. You can listen to your favorite producer. You don't got to copy him, Right? But you can take your favorite thing you like about that producer and impl- implement it into your own way. That's true mm-hmm. innovation. That's not only pushing the culture forward, but that's creating your own lane. You know? And gimmicks last forever. Talent stays around. I mean, gimmick doesn't last forever, but talent stays around mm-hmm. for centuries. After I die, my music's going to be around. You know what I'm saying? And not because of the type of music it is, but because the quality of music. You got to understand, we not listening. Like, I want you to think about Motown days. Motown days, they were only like a, a, a few bands that were playing all of the music for all the Motown artists, right? So out of all those Motown bands, maybe two or three of them are we hearing today. Why? Because those are the people who created, who didn't just have a gimmick for that year or the next two years that they run. Those are people who created a foundation for their whole strategy of approaching music. So they know that every time I make something, I'm going to revolve it around this, based around this, you know? So Based around what? An idea they okay. have or okay for instance <clears throat> what if um okay I mean perfect example would be Young Chop. All right, Young Chop had um two three signature things, okay? You okay, they're not gimmicks. You feel me? Like a gimmick will be something that happens in every single beat, no matter what. Like we know, like it used to be popular to be like Oh, yeah, I needed this type of beat. This type of beat is what I need. That's not how music works anymore. Now music works as in whatever hot, everybody going to gravitate towards that sound and just remake it, mm. you know? Instead of people being known for something, people are just copying whatever's out to fit in. Like how everybody's mm-hmm. rapping over turbo-type beats. Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, basically, guitars and everybody want a, a, a guitar loop on a beat. Right. Been doing that for years, you know what I'm saying? I got... Song got me some more. Wiz Khalifa, 2014, Black Hollywood. Been doing that. You feel me? Shout out my boy Ghetto Guitar, my boy Matt. He did. He hard. You hear me? That's who. That's who was using that sold out dates, the guitar loop and shit. Mm. I found my boy in 2014. Me and Chop found that boy in 14. You feel me? That's dope. Like, but it's you don't have to. Now, who was we to be like, take this man natural born talent and created my own style around it? No, you let that man be him and you implement his talent in your style. Speaking, speaking of Chop, um, talk to us about your relationship with Chop. Oh, uh, man, Chop, my brother, man. Um, I, I'm trying to tell y'all, man. I was sleeping on my mama basement, wearing the same clothes every day in 2012. My boy told me I was in college going to Robert Morris University in Chicago, downtown Chicago. My boy told me, and if you don't go back to school, I'm going to make you rich. He was like, if you don't go back to school after break, you're going to be rich. Took that risk. Thank you, my nigga. You feel me? Thank you. Real life shit, you know? Mm. You really helped the kid. My boy put me in position. And see, here's what people don't understand. You can't, in reality, you can't actually put in position, okay? Because you can, but that don't mean you're going to stay in position. 
you have to put yourself in position because you have to take advantage of the opportunity you're being given and really run with it. There's been plenty of people that's been put in position, but how many people are still in that position or in a position even higher than that? You know, you have to use your foundation as a building block to your career. And that's really how we be doing it. So my boy took my, he, he showed me like he had a style and he was like, build on this style to create your own. And that's what I did. I started in the drill movement and somehow six years later, I'm still around going crazy, bigger than ever with placements every month. And it's not about the style of beat. It's simply about the quality and your vibe. So like I said, it doesn't have to be gimmicky. Be yourself. I keep trying to tell, I tell people every day on my live, like every time I make a live, I tell people, you one beat away from your life changing. I've approached that. I've approached my career that way for the, like, since I started. Because I understood that one track that you give to the right artist would change your life. Now, does this tie back into the idea that you said, like, okay, that's your idea going and making beats? Is that the same, like, tying back to what Motown was saying, how yeah. they operate off of one idea, and yeah. that's what they're and known for? Yeah, implementing everything. Okay. Yeah, because it's less, a gimmick is making everything sound the same no matter what. You know what I'm saying? A style is revolving everything around a central idea. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. You got to learn the difference between a gimmick and a style. You don't want to be a gimmick, because a gimmick is here, tomorrow, is here today, but going tomorrow. A style... It's here today and tomorrow. So our uh, d- uh, dad shoes a gimmick? Our dad shoes? That's not a gimmick. That's a trend. So What's different. the difference between the trend and so, a gimmick? Trend. Okay, look. So a gimmick describes you. A trend you're following. You feel me? So, for instance, a gimmick could be you use a triangle in every beat in some kind of way. Okay? Oh, man. That triangle in there, I don't want it. You know what I'm saying? A trend is you put that triangle in there because you heard somebody else do it. You see what I'm saying? Oh, man, I heard my boy just made a banger using that. I'm about to use the same thing. Trend. You feel me? A gimmick you would use to describe you, a trend you're following everybody else. Okay, and then sticking with that triangle analogy, what about with the idea? Like how you said it revolves around a central idea? Keep tie that into the triangle analogy. All right, so look. Find your niche. A niche is something that makes you special, that stands out from other people, that makes you unique in your environment, okay? Your lane. Your lane. Okay, so your niche is you. Try, I know it's like, it's so hard to find a niche because you will feel like everybody doing it. But really, normally your niche is in your face. It's normally like for me, I didn't know that my niche was, because I didn't pay attention to other people enough to understand that don't nobody really play the keys out here. Don't nobody really use real instruments. Don't nobody real. Everybody using VSTs and dogs, you know? So it takes a self soul search for you to understand this is me. But it takes you being an individual, an adult, to grab that and make it become your own, to build a career out of it, okay? So if I know my forte is natural instrumentation, I'm not about to be making every beat using Omnisphere. Mm. You feel me? I'm not, just because I know everyone's using Omnisphere, they don't mean you have to use Omnisphere. Instead of me doing that, I'm going to go and hit up, I'm going to go look up the best the best library of keys and make my entire style revolved around real instrumentation and keys. You know what I'm saying? And some instruments and some implementation, whether it be road, road uh, keyboard or all the way down to electric piano and grands. You when know? you say a library of keys, what does that mean? Like, it's so many different manufacturers that make keys. So okay. you will get all the libraries. You know what I'm saying? If, you okay. key, if you're a musician, you got addictive keys, contact, you got right. Alicia Keys piano. Yeah, there's so many different resources you can go. So if you like keys, I'm going to go get all the keys there. Yes. Is and, okay. and focus on it. 
Okay. You don't have to be like I said. You don't have to be gimmicky. You don't hear. You don't have to see somebody use something and be like, "I'm gonna use that too." Oh, like oh, I found this one key in Omnisphere. Now I'm gonna go by Omnisphere rather than being like, "I'm just gonna go by all the keys." Yes. Okay. Yes. I see what you're because saying. Because isn't you cannot be gimmicky. Like mm. like I told you, a gimmick is here today, gone tomorrow. But a style, your niche, your lane is here today and tomorrow. Now, how long does that process take though? And like, what is that process like to find out what your style is? Because like you. You're, you play the piano, right? Took that's real years. obvious to know. Like, okay, I play the piano, but for someone at home that's just on a computer, it's see, like, see, okay, so for instance, look, take your favorite part about the about the genre and make it your part, make it yourself. So if you like, man, I just love how these drums hit. Find a drum, find anything unique about something that you haven't heard someone do before, and run with it. But you have to implement it into your own. So don't repeat it all the time. Find a way to to innovate mm-hmm. something that already exists and change it. You feel mm-hmm. me? See, the world, like, the inventors get a lot of credit, right? But the innovators last forever. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, the person who invented the MP3, do anybody know? <laughs> who no. created the iPod? Mm-hmm. Thank you. You feel me? Mm-hmm. You don't know who created the MP3, <laughs> but you definitely know who created that iPod. So what about, what about this outlook? So what if you're a producer, like, yo, I'm just trying to get in any way I can. I'm going to make these acoustic guitar beats so I can build my connections. <laughs> I get some placements out there. Then I'm going to try and innovate and try to, you know, really find myself. So you're saying myself. what if the producer uses a gimmicky approach to get into the industry and then branches off from there? Yeah. All right. There's two ways. Well, that's a leap of faith, first of all, because you have to understand that I just told you, like, everyone knows gimmicks are gimmicks. Like, listen, everyone knows, everyone's going to try to take advantage of the gimmick. They're not going to tell you, hey, bro, let me slide on me so I can take advantage of that, of that gimmick. He's not going to tell you. He's going to say, pull up, cook up. You know what I'm saying? But he knows this is why he's calling you. You feel me? So, listen, you can, like, three years ago, the industry changed. Everybody know why the industry changed, right? No, industry changed because streaming started counting. Oh, okay. Right? So that that literally outdates the word mixtape. Well, it outdates the premise of a mixtape. Okay? The whole reason for the mixtape is to prepare them for the album. Since streaming counts, everything is album. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because everything makes money now. There is no get us away for free. Right. Because the only way we're retaining the music is by us getting... On a streaming platform. And by when you say streaming counts, now you mean towards like platinum and yeah, gold. Yeah, streaming and counts. As R-I-A-A standard, streaming counts. Right. Like you can go gold from your song being popping on SoundCloud. I know it sounds crazy, but you can. And that's why everyone's going gold and platinum now again. That's why every, like, man, I remember, bro, when I first started this, I was like, I cannot wait to go gold and platinum, bro. I'm talking about streaming came in. I got songs I never, I'm talking about just out the blue. It started going gold and Gold platinum. and platinum. Out the did, blue. did Chief Keith's album go gold or platinum? His uh, first album went platinum already. It went gold like two, three years ago. But as the streaming came in, that's what I'm saying. Course, not too yeah, platinum. Came in. When yeah. the streaming counted in, oh, it, it went did. from gold to platinum in like a year. Yeah, come on now, because all you have to do is upload that project to another um, a platform and take advantage of it. So if you got all these platforms and you popping nationwide or internationally, all you gotta do is release it on different platforms and promote all the platforms at once. Mm. That's it. So these, like, getting back to what you said, like, what's the difference between, like, what if somebody wants to be a gimmick and then create their own later on? Here's the problem. Since streaming counts, people are really big on the pull-up game, okay? So when it used to be, let me send this beat in, and I'm going to get, 
I hopefully bro put it out and I can get some clout off of it and start pushing my brand. No. Now, pull up. You don't know somebody who knows somebody. You're in a face and you're developing a relationship, which goes way further than sending in the email, putting your number in and hoping they hit you back. You know? Mm-hmm. So my suggestion for all the outgoing producers would to be get out here and get in their faces because the risk is worth. Like, the reward is worth the risk. Honestly. Like, as young people, even if you're a little bit older in your maybe late 20s, you're still young. Because as young people, you have time on your side. I know it don't seem like it because it just goes so fast. But as young people, you don't have anything but time. Mm-hmm. So what's stopping you from grinding with a regular nine to five, saving up your money, and then chasing your dreams with that money you saved up? You know? What's wrong with you taking the money you have and literally... A3C, CIAA, South by Southwest. It's iHeart Music Festival. Getting in these people's faces, developing your own relationships. That's the route of 2019. So, so okay, so I'm at South by Southwest. I'm a producer. What am I doing? You need to have flash jobs full of beats. You need to have a whole campaign. Listen, as you know, producers are have this around the same popularity as rappers now. Mm-hmm. Producers are signing as artists now. That's what I'm in the process of doing. So, you can basically, it's not competing with your artist, but you're in the same arena as an artist. So nothing is stopping you from hitting South by Southwest with your own campaign. Do, do you think that when you go into all these events and stuff, um, your appearance counts? Parents you know do. Since I told you streaming count and people really big on the pull-up game, it's all about in your face. See, listen, we know you guys are hard beats, but can you make it right here? How, do it sound the same? How fast are you making it? How cold are you for real? Are you a gimmick? Or are you here to stay? That's what you got to focus on. You got to understand that. So talk to us more about, you said, the campaign. So you can go to these places. How can you extract the most value from it? So basically, look. Out of these, all these events I just named to you, they're basically general areas where you can just literally walk up to these people. You getting in this, like, listen, you don't have, say you, you got a favorite artist. You don't have to hit that artist up to get to their artist. These artists have so many people around them that your networking skills can help you get closer than you could ever have gotten just talking to the artist. Because you can talk to the artist manager, and their manager could be managing their artist, another artist you like, a whole label you like, you know? It's their DJ, the producers they're already working with. It's so many different lanes and networking opportunities that's available just by popping out to these places that otherwise you sending emails wouldn't even allow you to have that opportunity, you know? So you got all these people around it. They got showgirls. DJs, managers, assistants, every there's so many people around these artists, you don't have an excuse. There is no excuse on why you can't go do this because it's so simple. It's like it's as easy as buying a ticket and showing up. It's almost like a concert. So you gotta go there, you gotta have your music with you, you gotta be confident. And you it's about networking. It's about hey bro, I'm take the initiative to go. Yeah, yeah. The initiative. Remember that I'm dropping vocabulary, man. Every time you see me, get you a child squad DJ uh dictionary. Man, every time I see you, man, I'm gonna drop vocabulary on you. You feel me? Like today word initiative to do something without being told. As as the community, we need to take advantage of the situations that we get put in, bro. And I I feel like often when we get put in situations, we close people out. You feel me? As you get more secure in your situation, you get more insecure about the stability of the situation. What does that mean? You close people off. What does that mean? I just described it. As you get more secure in your situation, you get insecure about the stability of the situation. Because mm-hmm. you start being worried about, I got to keep this going. Mm-hmm. So that means anybody coming in, you like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, oh, okay, no. okay. But instead, you can use that as a sub-networking opportunity to network inside of your own network, to build your own network. That's, that's the definition of creating a fan base. 
The sub network is to create a fan base because you're networking inside your own network. You're massaging the relationship that you have with your fans to invite more fans and captivate a, captivate a bigger audience. No? Mm-hmm. So if you want to get out here in these people's faces, the best way to do it is to come right, come correct. You know, it's okay to invest in yourself. It's okay to wait your turn. And it's okay to be yourself. Remember that. You don't got to be somebody else. It's okay to be yourself. So I'm just trying to tell you, if you want to, if you, if, if you think sending in emails is the way to go, Reevaluate your situation. Look in the mirror and just realize, nigga, it's not. Can you um? Can you tell us a little bit about Chop Squad, like the history and the? Oh like- yeah. So basically, we created Chop Squad. Me and Young Chop came up with the name Chop Squad in 2013. Originally, it was like um, I was making a lot of Young Chop beats. Like, listen, this doesn't even this doesn't even exist anymore since streaming came because now um, acknowledgement is so easy to get, right? You can get a, a song with one artist and you got acknowledgement. And that's the start of your career. Back then, it wasn't like that. It was gatekeepers to the game. You think it's gatekeepers now? <laughs> 14, 13, 12? My boy, you wasn't getting in unless you was given something. And I mean, your, your pub, your brand, your name, all that. You know what I'm saying? Rights is important. So we came up with Chop Squad as a way to separate me and Young Chop. It was to create a production group to where now we would be able to give visible light to another producer inside of the brand. The whole point, when I first started rocking with Young Chop, I wanted to not only advance our brand, but help us grow as people. In order to do that, I understood years later that you have to have a self-brand. Branding is everything. So we came up with the name Chop Squad. Um, I mean, I, I used to go to Chief Keef House all the time in L.A. Eventually, in 2014 and 15, I spent the entire summer with him. In that summer, basically, I asked him one day, I'm like, hey, man, take me a picture. I'm standing in front of his, uh, I'm, I'm standing, basically, I'm standing in front of Chief Keith, um, his house. And I'm like, take a picture. He took the picture for me. And I'm like, bro, uh, make me look good. Though. Turn me up. So he handed my phone back to me. and He changed my name to Child Squad DJ. And that's how my whole name came about and all that. On what, IG? Yeah. He just handed my phone back and it was said Child Squad DJ. And he was like, <laughs> We gonna this is what you're going by now. And I was like, oh, that's hard. I don't know why I just thought it was hard. I'm like, my name is DJ. I'm like, people think I'm a DJ though. He's like, so what? It's like, it's gonna make him talk even more. I'm like, you sure right. So I, just, <laughs> I was like, you're right. So Child Squad DJ. My name DJ. My group Child Squad, and that's what it been. What was your IG name before that? My IG name before, oh man, they're gonna take it. I already know that it is. Be Killer Fresh. <laughs> I, Beat Killer Beat Fresh. Killer Fresh was my first IG name in 2012, okay? And Chief, Chief was like, yeah, that got to go. <laughs> like, it's that time, my boy. Like, you got to change this, my nigga. Who, who all on the roster on uh, Chop Squad? Right now, I, it sound weird, but it's, it's still just me and Chop. And, and it's been like that for years, bro. And, and what happened was, um, as you see, Chop started focusing more on the artist, man develop, the artist development side. And as you see, I just kept focusing on the beats. So we got, um, like... We have we have producers and artists that we're working with on a constant basis, but as far as paperwork, I'm probably I'm the only person. So um, through the development of the Child Squad brand, y'all know I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, country city in America. You know, we say here and there, we country. You know, <laughs> so we I I I've basically been doing Metro Boomin since 2012, and we always stayed in touch over the years as both of our brands grew. He told me. When I get settled, settled, we're going to do something together, right? So shortly after he hit his run, he, he hit me like, yo, what's going on? Ooh, third, let's do something. 
He like he got a whole label he about to get. He want me to be a part of it, and that's the Boonati label. And I met up with him at seventeen, like the end of seventeen. He like, bro, I really want you to be part of the situation. He presented me with a chain. Um, we started figuring out the paperwork and stuff. So now me and Metro, we got the production group Boonati, and it's right now is me, Metro Boomin, and Draymo. And you know, Metro, he the boss, so he just. He got the whole Boom Night situation. I got the Child Squad situation. And we got JV together to bring it all together for the hometown, for St. Louis. And it's a blessing to be able to be in the same atmosphere as Grace for them to recognize you as a great. You know what I'm saying? So it's a continuous it's a continuous growth process. But in the end, it's worth it. And everything I've learned, everything I went through was a learning process, good or bad. I learned from it. And this is what I can only tell you. This is a game that you're not going to be able to beat. You feel me? It's an ongoing game. And the only way you're going to be able to stay in this game is by being you, you know? So self-preservation and identity is so important. Preserve your brand, preserve yourself. Stay you and be you because it's okay, okay? Like, I know you probably like, man, it's it's an oversaturated game. It's only saturated because you're attempting to be in the same lane as everybody else. It won't be saturated if you find your niche because that'll be you. I used to think it was so saturated until I realized, oh, man, it's only a few people using playing the piano for real, real instrument, instrumentalists, musicians. And that found my niche. Mm-hmm. Never going to go nowhere because it's always going to be a lane for real music. And since I'm a real musician, that means I can dibble and dabble in pretty much every sub-drama inside of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So, Is there a, a Child's Squad DJ project coming in 2019? I don't know. Soon? I was thinking about it. Um, I want to sign as an artist first. So I'm letting all labels know right now. I've been taking meetings. I've been taking meetings with label. I am going to sign as an artist, whether it's 19 or the end of 19 or however I decide to do it, it, it has to be right. Signing as an artist, you mean like you're going to be rapping? No, of course not. Come on, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, as um, I just, as I said earlier, producers are getting a lot of the recognition and, and popularity as well because their brands hold weight the same as artists do. So what the labels are doing, they're signing producers. So would it be Child Squad DJ featuring Woo Wop the Third, you know? Um, as your brand grows, more more opportunities will come. So you don't have to worry about you not eating or stuff slowing up. Stay you and stay true to you, and naturally the progression of your career will cause things to just come into your lap. You using your own discernment will tell you which to use and what not to use. So y'all seen me like, man, I really do come from the bottom, bro. Like, it's no cap. Y'all seen me the entire time. Like, if you know me, I done caught the back of a pickup truck to the studio to go make some beats, all the way to pulling up in Porsches and Mozzies and Rorys. Like, it's not about the look. Because you don't want to fake, like, you can fake it till you make it. But what if you actually grind? What if you actually do the producer grind? What if you actually put in that work? Think about it. You one beat away from your life changing. So just remember that too. Mm. One beat away from your whole life changing. This is the first, man. Look, I'm happy to talk to y'all. This is the beginning because I, I plan to come back and, and just drop gems on y'all about different things that we got going on. I tend to help show y'all the secrets that people tend to hide, methods. There's different ways to approach music because there's so many ways, and you never know one of those ways may help you find yourself. Mm. So God bless y'all, and you want to be the way from your life change. So this is actually our first episode of 2019. Oh, you know, yeah. with, yep. This is the last week of 2018. We, we're dropping this, you know, the first episode of 2019, first of the, you know, the second season of our podcast. What, you know, through your learning process in 2018, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in 2018? 
Oh man, my biggest lesson twenty eighteen. Don't front your move. Mm. Just because somebody asks offer you a bag, don't mean you gotta take it. It's okay to wait. It's okay to wait for the right situation. You know, it's okay to weigh your options. You don't have to jump at the first bag because often the first bag lets you know that you're doing the right thing. More are coming. Yeah, it's the first bag sets the bar for the rest of the bags. So now, you know, the rest of the bags that's being offered cannot be lower than that bag. You know? So I, my whole lesson in 2018 was don't front my move. You know? I'm going to platinum three times, gold four times this year. Don't front your move. Okay? Don't be afraid to wait it out. It's okay to take your... It's, it's okay to just really take your time with it because the more you rush, the more you're going to realize you, you're doing stuff irrationally. You're not thinking. So take your time. And really, just don't do anything irrational, bro, because irrational decisions have really long, 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 like, effects. Like, you can really mess up something. Especially nowadays. They'll turn you into a meme. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Think about it. You get a song and a label want to sign you. Don't just sign because you got a popular song. You need some money. Because because you have that song, they see money in that song, which means you need to as well. You need to understand that your brand is like your brand is growing every day. It's up to you to take advantage of the growth and to direct the growth in the right way. So don't front your move. Take your time with it. Weigh out your options. Just stick to you doing you. So how did you learn how to play the keys? I took piano lessons for nine years. I took classical piano lessons for nine years. Uh, I just turned 25 just like a month ago. And, thank you. And I took piano lessons for nine years from my aunt. And uh, a pianist by the name of Nita Walker Stevens. And, I mean, I didn't know that this was a career. If I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have went to college. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to go to college. I'm just telling you. Each person has their own journey. And it's up to you to decide whether or not the risk is worth the reward. So I decided, man, if I'm going to school for all these years to hopefully get a job in, in this field, and they're telling me I can get it right now. Didn't that kind of ruin the whole purpose of school? Mm-hmm. If I can get a deal right now from for to for a lump sum of what I hope to make in a year, I get it at one time. Then you keep making money. So that was a personal decision. So yeah, I took piano lessons for nine years, and through that I became a, cl- a, tra- a classically trained musician. And I play other instruments. I play the flute, guitar, piccolo, the the cello, and clarinet so i play other instruments i read music fluently but i just use theory to help me um figure out new chord progressions different arrangements and things like that so through them nine years of piano lessons it just taught me really how to organize theory and make it applicable to my everyday life Hmm. how does a uh how what's the correct way of going about getting paid for a record as a producer all right so all right, I'm trying to think about the simplest way to break it down in steps. All right, cool. So look, you basically, you send the beat in, you know, they're, they're going to hit you up. Because these days, if the beat's going to be used, they're going to contact you. So they're going to contact you. And you need to understand that you are supposed to get a producer deck, which is a declaration of ownership saying that you own the beat. They're going to send that. You're going to sign it. I I urge you not to sign anything without having a proper representation because often people will send you work for hire. By the way, work for hire means what I'm giving you now is the only thing you're going to get. Remember that. 
See, they'll use termination to throw you off, or they'll use terminology to th- throw you off. But in reality, you have to realize that these are, just like we got our lingo on the streets, they have business lingo. Their terminology means something. Perpetually means forever, okay? So if you ever see the words perpetually, it means forever, okay? If you, um, they say, uh, a work for hire means I'm going to give you this whatever agreement, whatever number we agree on, and I don't have to ever talk to you again. You don't get any royalties, any publishing, any residuals, or work for hire. So it's better to, early on in the game, seek representation. See, representation doesn't have to be management. That can be your lawyer, attorney, or whoever to look over something just to make sure that it's beneficial to your side, okay? So you're supposed to get the producer deck. You sign the producer deck. They're going to send you half the money, and then right before or right after it come out, they're going to send you the other half. And it could probably be up to, like, three weeks after the project come out, you get paid. But trust me, labels work a lot different now. They're going to pay you. So in that in that paperwork that are initial, they're initially sending you, is that stating, like, how many points you get on the record? Yeah. Yeah, so, of course, you're supposed to get three points on a record and whatever your advance is and 50% of the record, which would be 100% of your share. Stick to those basics. 50% of what, the master? Yes. Mm-hmm. Stick to your basic. Stick to your basic, like, the the guideline and out, outline for whatever I just told you because they're going to try to play around that to manipulate themselves into a better position. Playing with the publishing, the point numbers, the royalties, and the upfront is their game. So just remember that. You want to throw some random questions at him real quick before we get out of here? Um, I don't know. I'm really, you really just got it covered everything pretty much. Bro, really? Hey, man, I want to give y'all a solid introduction. <laughs> yeah, give, I know you got to head out pretty soon. Give us the, your favorite strain of weed. My favorite strain of weed? <laughs> yeah. Right now, either White Runts or Sunset Sherbert. Right now, I'm like I'm liking the exotics right now. Is is white runs a gimmick? <laughs> no, nah, I thought it was. I thought the whole runs was a gimmick at first until I actually smoked it. I'm like, okay, runs is cool, but white runs, yeah. Do you think that. Do you think cooking up in LA and cooking up in Atlanta is different? Nah, nah, same shit. Nowhere, anywhere, nah, anywhere, nah. It's hard anyway. I mean, it's it's the same because it's just the temperature in the city different. <laughs> it's the same people, the same vibes. Studios didn't even look the same. It's just so you don't get a different vibe in LA and Atlanta. Hmm. The it's, city is one is one. See, city you got to explain what you're saying. Are you asking me? Do I get a different vibe in the city or in the studio? Oh, in the studio there is no vibe, but of course the city has a different vibe. Like the the studio, there's a constant vibe because the vibe is you. In the city, of course, vibes are completely different. There's there's like yeah, night and day, both temperature. Uh, Environment, all that, it's just different. And every major city is like that, though. So. Cool, man. Hey, man, first episode of 2019, bro. Happy New Year's. Yeah, yeah, happy New Year to y'all, man. What's your, what's your New Year's resolution, man? Stay rich. <laughs> real. <laughs> I respect my, that. My, my New Year's resolution is to keep going. I just did all this to make sure I get in position, and I'm about to make sure I stay in position. For real. Mm. Cool. Alrighty, bro. Appreciate you pulling up, man. Happy New Year, man. Salute to producer grind, man. We're going crazy 2019. Let's get it. Another dope episode. Quick little episode, man. Appreciate y'all for pulling up, man. Hit that subscribe. All right, bro.